0: It is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 23 of This Ain't Iowa, volume 2. I am listen. Last episode was it was an interesting one. Uh, there was a lot of questions about what the fuck we released uh, and uh, and and we're going to answer all those questions but we're not going to answer Are them we? until next week because <laughs> I don't not know today, what we released. But, that well was this, interesting. you have a week to figure it out. <laughs> we have you have a week to figure it out because I today I you're the producer of the show but I went out and bagged us. A fucking guest. Uh, uh, And this ain't, you need to be on your best behavior because this ain't one of our usual guests that fucking does watch collecting at Walmart or, you know, pisses in a salsa jug. I'm talking about celebrity guest, hilarious comedian, uh, been on television, published author. If you don't have uh, his first book, Free Roll, which I own and love, you need to get it today.
1: Did you get it as a uh, gift? He is, did he gift it to you to come out of the promo stack? He
0: did not. I oh. bought it, baby. I bought it. Old school. <laughs> give that man a twenty-five or whatever it, his cut it? is. I hope it was at an
1: independent bookstore because he probably got his ass reamed if it was at Amazon because you have to essentially pay to give it, it away. Wasn't, it was It got
0: delivered to my house. <laughs> Listen, I tried. Was it uh, But... It was not, but I'm uh, sure if, uh, if if I if I brought it to him, he'd do it for me. Uh, listen, he's also a, a, a podcaster. He has a brand new podcast uh, that just debuted on YouTube last week, which I love, called Diary of a Piece of Shit. He is best known, of course, as the co-host of the Awkward Silence program on the <laughs> yeah. Vegas Video Network, Brant Tobler. Look at you, Mr. Handsome. I haven't seen you in forever. Oh, man, it's good to
2: see you guys. Yeah, I haven't seen you in forever, and it's uh, it's good to be back on the show. Um I was on uh, volume one uh, many a times I think and uh, you were, you I think it was best. kind of the first podcast I ever did. so it's
0: well good that to was see you guys. yeah it, you know it's funny uh, it, I was I was kind of joking with you beforehand like I, at no point have I ever had good timing in my career ever <laughs> right like I started comedy at a weird moment where it was like I was too late for like that that tail end of that 90s comedy boom, but too early for like the social media self promotion kind of shit that that's making people big right now uh, I started podcasting when nobody knew what a fucking podcast was. I couldn't get guests. Thank God you came along. You you helped us out tremendously, but no, I, I could barely get guests. Tony, you remember when I started doing behind the bricks and we were trying to pull clips of comedians, yes. how fucking impossible oh. that like everything was hard and impossible. And then I quit right when things were starting to crest eight years later, when every comedian who's ever existed has <laughs> a podcast, that's when I jumped back into the pool. So it's just, it's never worked out. But, uh, Specifically, Brent, you know, you and I were texting this this past uh, couple weeks, getting ready for this. And you made a great point about how you wish either we owned those old awkward silence episodes oh. or that or Scott could get his shit together and put them out. No, I, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what happened to that
2: whole thing. But I mean, we had monster comic guests. We were like Rogan before Rogan. <laughs> I mean, every, these- yeah. Some of the people have passed away,
0: and some of them are like, I mean, I remember we I remember we had Christina P, and we, I mean, we had some yeah. pretty big comics. That we had Tom great. Segura, we had Christina, we had, like, almost every, I, I think your, your exact line was, everyone we had on that show is either a monster or dead
1: right now, yeah. and you're, yeah. exactly, <laughs> you're exactly right. Now, is he amazing? Uh, Jonathan's uh, what, what, still alive? Because didn't he release a no. duck that he was uh-huh. dying, and it took him, like, five years to die?
0: A couple. I mean, we had Ron Shock. We had. I think we played Carl LeBeau. Kevin Me. We had uh, Kevin Meaney. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: yeah. We had. We had some real monsters on that show, and we, it's... we either they turned into killers or we killed them. <laughs> There's only
2: two ways to go from awkward. Well, he still has all the episodes, I assume, right? You, you don't talk to him, though, obviously. Oh no, no he, wait, and a, yeah, he, he and I had.
1: Yeah, he and I had an
0: uncomfortable separation, if you recall. You know what? Actually, more and. I mean, you have to admit, even if he was just selfish, like, they're all his. They're his episodes. Why wouldn't he really – like, he must just not have his finger on the pulse of comedy at all. Because he could release that shit and actually get a ton of, like, promotion. I I remember you asking Tom Segura, like, about if he grew a beard because Zach Galifianakis had a beard. Because you felt like maybe beards were just in right now, and that's why you were growing one. Like, it was – we had like these great little moments and you would think now in the era of like these little snippets, he would just take like uh. little chunks of those and drop them to promote himself. Fuck us. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even do that. Just say,
2: even if he let him out, I mean, ideally he would just give them to us cause we did all the work and he didn't pay us. a fucking
0: thing. Did he pay us anything? We got like maybe two, two checks ever from that guy like, and, and, and nothing. And they were nothing. Uh, it, it was a hundred bucks, maybe like it was, we, yeah. we didn't, we didn't get paid like any. If we put them out, then we could just clip them up. It would be great.
2: But of course, I don't know. I, I, I totally always forget about it. I, I only think about it when I drive by that building where we'd go. <laughs> I just loved, I always loved doing it with you, but I just never, well, I shouldn't just sit here and bash on them and then be like, hey, no, I'm get gonna. those episodes. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: well, I All just right. want to say well, like, okay, version one. It was okay. But version two of um, Awkward Silence, that's where the gold was. That's where the show really took off when you two were removed.
0: Can I I tell you that out of everything, and I'm mad about a lot of it, but out of everything, the thing that pisses me off the most was he fired me. I think he would have done it with you, but you're fucking loyal. Like the second he told you I was out, you were like, don't even bother contacting me. I'm out. But then he got Gooch, a comic that, you know, a very good close friend of yours, a guy I know well as well, like a comic, got him to do it, didn't tell him. Did not tell him that we were the original, like, the creators yeah. of that show. Didn't tell him that we got fired. Just said, hey, I'm doing this. I have this network. I want to do this comedy show. It's called this. Do you want in? And then Gooch just started doing it, having no idea that we had just been fucked over by this guy. I remember telling him and then him being like, what the fuck? Like, he yeah. literally did not know. Did he do a lot of episodes? I don't even remember him.
1: No. Yeah. Not he did a handful of many episodes because um, Scott Whitney didn't have a plan once YouTube were gone, and his ability to, to get guests was non-existent um, at yeah, that point because we you had them. fairly good access, Grant. I think you were the driving force as far yeah, as guests go. Well,
2: yeah, because I was just – you know, another time I was thinking about it was when we had Sam Tripoli and then uh, the guy in the bunny suit come Ooh. in. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam Tripoli's uh, taking some like weird turns. Like a pretty famous – Comedian now, or he has a big podcast that like Gareth Reynolds Yeah, he, I forgot, I bet those are out there. That is, I mean, and that was like pre camp. We could get people canceled probably. Can you imagine what? We could ruin some careers. <laughs> Why don't anybody, I mean, I can't imagine what's on those videos. So I wonder
0: if he's still fucking, I should just reach out to him and say, hey, can you send me those? If you do it, he'll probably do it. Uh, and then you can send them to me because if yeah. I ask, he will not give them to me. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't remember how many he did. I do remember he, the, his big thing was he got dice on uh, Gooch. Gooch yeah. got uh, oh, dice yeah. on the show. That was the, big, that was the big get. And then I actually think he started doing like bringing like heavy metal musicians on. Like I don't think he yeah. – he went away he from comedy. I think Gooch, Gooch felt guilty too. Did, he didn't know. He I'm didn't not mad know at him at all. He, he yeah.
2: tried to make it like a different show because he just, scooches like, he pretends like he's hard rock, but he's like the sweetest, most sensitive dude. <laughs> he, so He, he probably, really is. He's a sweet oh, wait, guy. Those, They never released him on, they were just on his network. Are they out there somewhere on you. There, I mean, I guess we'd have found him on YouTube. No, he used yeah, a proprietary so.
1: system because this was in the days before you could stream live onto YouTube, which would have been the cheap way to do it. Instead, he invested all this money on his own private studio with his own servers. So that's why it's always been on his website. And much like but then that. back then, did people did they have
0: to pay to watch us? No, no, it was free oh. to watch, and you could watch live, but you had to log into his network oh, yeah. and watch live. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. We would take live questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And, he, and, was and like, he would never pick. He would pick the shittiest questions too. Yeah. Like I'm like, can I get an iPad and I'll just pick the questions? <laughs> like what? Because yeah, he would he ask would the dumbest. Chime in. I
2: remember <laughs> we would finished the episode, and we go outside and be like. Man, this dumb motherfucker, we <laughs> had it rolling and he'd say the dumbest shit, you know? And we'd just be like, all right, I'll see yep. you next week. Or we'd go get a beer and see you at the club or something. See, yeah, my favorite episode funny.
1: that you guys did was the episode where you got his daughter drunk. Was his daughter oh, to Well, yeah. you
0: mean the the one that the one that uh, essentially ended the uh, the the show for us when yeah. I when I asked <laughs> yeah. Brant about fucking uh, if he was fucking, sc- fucking Scott's daughter and Scott walked in because Brant uh, of of the million great stories you have you have that one about fucking a porn star and her dad coming in yeah, yeah. Uh, so I tried that to I tried broke. to spin the, yeah I tried to spin that into into Scott and his daughter and that was the end of that uh, I mean <laughs> like uh, it's just I a game mean, it's, it's I don't even remember because we would drink while we were recording, right? Often, yeah, we'd have beers. There was tequila one time. I threw oh, up outside man. one time. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, but listen, man, listen. I I, I miss you. I uh, I haven't had a chance yeah. to see much of you. You know, in addition to the show ending, just you know, my life changed. I got a I got a bunch of kids, and I uh, I just you know kind of. Ex- was not in the the comedy world and, uh, I don't get out as much, but you have lived this, this crazy life. And I just kind of want to catch it up, man. I, I kind of take us through, you know, the last, uh, you know, the last few years of your life. I know la- we'll when, when, trade. when I would
2: <laughs> gladly trade with you.
0: You, <laughs> you, used, to fucking say, right you used to say that for 15 years ago when my son was born, Still you and I recorded our first show at my house. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and you even said that. You're like, i trade with you right now, man. And I'm like, still, I'll draw up the paperwork.
2: But, I, still <laughs> just want to, I still just want to be a dad so bad. That's the goal. I just am bad at uh, relationships. But no. Yeah. I mean, it was a long. I mean, I was there. I guess once we stopped doing it, then I moved to L.A. And then I was in L.A. for like eight or nine years. And then I, and then I left L.A. like even before the pandemic. And I moved up. I, I'm in Denver now. And um, I just love it here in Denver. So. Coming's uh, going good,
0: you know. I mean, what, uh, it's just such a what was grind. The, Talk about the LA experience. I mean, you know, for for a guy that you uh, know is from Wyoming came to Vegas, and then you go into the like the fucking sausage grinder that is LA. What was it like out there? You know, LA was like it was cool the first couple years,
2: just because you get to see like you know some people are like I don't get starstruck. I get star. I like. I think it's cool to see celebrities. So the first couple years, I really loved it, and then but. Um, As far as, like, friendship-wise, you just don't make... What made me leave in the end is, like, all my friends, they have kids and stuff, and they just go to barbecues or go to their kids' soccer game. Like, in L.A., you just don't... Like, I was engaged a a couple years ago, and when we were planning a wedding, I was like... I lived in L.A. for nine years, and there's, like, three people I would invite to my wedding. And two of them probably wouldn't even come because it (laughs) wouldn't benefit their life. So that part from being, like, a Wyoming kid and, like... You know, you just didn't. I didn't develop a lot of real relationships, which kind of took its toll on me. And then you can't, as a comedian, you can't make any money in LA. So I was also just on the road trying to pay my stupid LA rent. So I had a lot of fun the first like four years. Then the last four years, I was just ripped. And I just needed a change. So it was, you know, I had some fun times there, but. And now I I don't miss it. People are like, will you come back to LA? I'm like, no, I mean, I might come do like podcasts or something, but I would never, I don't have no desire to even visit LA, which is weird.
0: You know, I was going to, it almost looked like not to bring up, you know, a potentially painful part of your life, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I thought you were I thought you were there because I did know that all you ever wanted was you wanted to be a family man. You want to be a dad so bad. You want a son specifically. And uh, well, now I don't care. I'll take anything. You'll take either. But uh, it it looked like you had it. You you were engaged. You guys were, you know, it seemed she looked like she was, you know, she would travel with you. You guys had a little podcast going together. Yeah. Which I I I actually listened to because I'm involved in the 90 Day Fiance universe as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so like I was, uh, I, I thought that was I thought that was it. I'm sorry it didn't work out. What uh, what was you know yeah. what ended up? I thought it there? was.
2: I thought it was too. But you know this life, it is the thing. This lifestyle does not really, it's not good for relationships. And um, I don't know. It's just like. uh, it just didn't work out, which sucks because I'm 45. I'm about to be 46 in like three weeks. But I don't feel old. But then a lot of times when I tell girls I'm like I'm 40, I want to be a dad. They go, how old are you? I'm like I'm 45. They go, God, that you're like, aren't you too old? I was like, no, you're too old. I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's like kind of a deal breaker. But I'm like, you no, know, maybe you're, I'm fine. That's you're why I'm talking old. to you. You're 26. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah, asking yeah, you. Year. You don't need to worry I about me. Sex with
2: this. I had sex with this girl the other day. She's 29, this girl from Australia. And we, we wake up in the morning, and she's putting her clothes on. And then she just – I'm laying there naked in bed, and she says to me, she's like, hey, just so you know, like, I have a really good relationship with my dad. And I'm like, huh? okay. She oh goes – and then she just goes – she doubles down. She goes like, no, like, I really – like, my dad We have, like, a really good relationship. Mm. And I was like – okay i was like why are you telling me that i was like well because like then she's like because the age gap and like <laughs> i didn't want i didn't want i just wanted to have sex with you from the moment i saw you on stage it has nothing to do with my dad and i was like
0: and then I she just, then I went, just keeps on I hammering like, it home
2: i know she, she just kept saying that like i was gonna talk to her dad and then of course after the next day when i was walking i was like i wish i would have just like been like hey I have an awful relationship with my dad and that's probably why I try to do so many just disrespectful things to you. So I'm sorry, but it
0: just made me laugh. But yeah. Oh, that is hilarious. You know, it's, it, yeah. you, you mentioned, it's you mentioned kind of the, that whole thing about how, how you, you, you wish you would just trade. I heard, uh, Bill Burr actually said an amazing thing. It might have been during a Howard Stern interview or something, but he talked about like, you know, you you start out doing comedy, right? You're young in your 20s, whatever, and you've got your crew of, of guys that you're coming up with, and you're super close, and you do these shows together. And in your mind, you're like, this is our life. Like we're doing this forever, no matter what. And then you know, time passes and guys start kind of peeling off, right, Uh, you know, they get a job, they have kids, they, whatever, whatever happens, guys start peeling off and the remaining guys for a while are like, can you believe this fucking person? Like, we were in this for life. Like, can you believe he's quitting comedy? And then, like, it starts to dwindle down, and he, he like, paints this picture of, you know, being in his early 40s, you know, at some club in Seattle, and he's alone at the bar, and then he's like, forget them being jealous of us who stayed in it. He's like, I am now jealous of them, like, this is yeah. probably not going to happen for me, and I'm in that boat as well, as a guy who, you know, whatever, I still do comedy, that's like six shows a year, it's absolutely just a hobby, a vanity thing for me at this point, and um, but I look at a guy like you, and, you know, you, you've you met every single one of your heroes. You work with them, um, you know, and and, I, and I'm and i like, fuck, dude. Like, that's what I wanted. My whole life, that's what I wanted. And you're like, I'd, I'll fucking take a wife and some kids and coaching <laughs> Little League. Like, that's what I yeah. want. Is, is that kind of how yeah, you that, feel at this point? I mean, it's like, um, it's just so many ups and downs of
2: like, you know, like, I, I had to go. I went through it the other day. So... I was doing shows in Laughlin. Just fucking awful. It's The shows suck. It's 120 degrees out. I can't leave my room. I'm laying there in my bed like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, What am I doing, you know? Just fucking Capriati's all over my stomach. I'm eating in bed like a fucking slob, right? Feels and like I'm just paradox. sitting there... Yeah, I, this well, still sounds I, good to
0: me. But I God, do love comedies. But then
2: uh, <laughs> I'm just questioning my life, and then I'm just staring at my phone for like the fourth hour in a row. Then I get a DM on Twitter from Segura, and Tom's like, "Hey, do you want to open up for me in Aspen at the at this at, at the Belly Up, which is like a like a very historic Leg- club, yeah, legendary. legendary, yeah, that doesn't ever do comedy, and I met the owner." I met, the, so the, it's owned by, like, these two kind of young kids in, like, their mid-30s and their dad, of course. And then uh, I met the kid at the Four Seasons, like, four years ago, just the Four Seasons Hotel bar here on before a Bronco game. And I was like, yo, he, ha, he wore a chain, like, the logo of the venue. I thought he was, like, a rapper. I was like, yo, what, you make music or something? And he's like, I own Belly Up. I was like, I Googled it and shit, and I was like, oh, my God. And then he was, I go, you ever do comedy? And he was like, no, like, we don't. Like yeah. Google us, see who we are. So then right. to have him have me do the belly up with him. So then I, so then I'm like, fuck lof and whatever. I just get it's like a two weeks out. So then I have all that excitement leading up to opening for Tom. You know. Yeah. So then I get there. Tom puts me in the suite at the W, like a fifteen hundred dollar night suite, bathtub, steam room, all just sick, right? Then I do the shows. First night, I do the shows. uh and then this girl texts me that used to live in Aspen. The next morning, she's like, "Hey, you should try to get in this restaurant. It's kind of hard. You probably wouldn't. It's like really hard. You probably can't do it. But you should at least try.
0: <laughs> like maybe I, like, I can't, we... but I know someone who can." <laughs> I was like, "Bitch, we... we ate there last night. What's wrong yeah. with you? Like we... Tom Segura."
2: So then the next night, and Tom has no. You know, I mean, Tom is the same as when he used to do the podcast with us. He's yeah. the same fucking dude as he was at LA. I told him. We went from fucking Four Queens to Four Seasons. Well, you did. Yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then he, uh, he's the same dude. No entourage, nothing. No manager. Just he'd text me, hey, man, meet me in front of the hotel at 7.15. And me and him would just walk to the venue just right down the street. And then so the second night, he's like, hey, uh, Andrew Huberman's coming, like the big podcast guy who has like the number two podcast in the world. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. We do the show. Again, no – he just chills. Nobody comes in the green room. He just is like, the, just a regular dude. Then we go to dinner after that. This, some fancy other restaurant, uh, that the owners of belly up, they own that. So then we're sitting at this table, like Andrew Huberman, Tom, and all these just rich people. Then this dude just comes over the table. And he just starts flipping off the two kids that own the fucking thing and smiling, just flipping them off. And I was like, what the fuck's happening? And then I go, I look, I was like, is that Lance Armstrong? And they're like, yeah man that's our what? buddy and I, I was like what is this? and then i was like so then we do the shows and then we and then we go back to the hotel and another cool thing that tom did was like because we don't you know you just don't make shit in comedy so he's like i told him what we make at our club here and it's just like really bad i mean it's like the best club in the country but it just doesn't pay good and i told him that and then he was like hey I'm gonna pay you more than that. Cause I didn't when he asked me to do it, I didn't ask for money. I would have done it for free, you know. Of course. But I was like, What's he and then people were like, What's he gonna pay you? I was like, I don't know. And then he was like, I'm gonna pay you, but I don't know what, because I just give my openers like a percentage of what I make. And I was like, Oh, this is fucking what? cool. So then and so then I got home and then he they invoice his team just sent me a message like, Hey, can you send us an invoice for twenty five hundred? I was like, Damn. But then you know, Fuck, so then dude. i so then I come back from Aspen, then I come back here, and then I just go do like a bar show for 50 bucks, and I'm just right. sad. That's that, why this
0: career is insane. Yeah,
2: so <laughs> the, fucking the, ridiculous. The sadness of, and just sitting there, like another thing, I mean, Tom would probably never want me to tell this, but he was like, "There's like a lobby, in the lobby of our hotel, there was like a watch store, and there was this watch for like $175,000, and he was like, considering like buying it just on the off day and i was like and i love tom and he's been good to me and tom's better comedian than me you know he's better than me but the difference in the money the, the gap should not be as wide as he has right 15 porsches and i have a moped that barely runs. like just that gap right. of he's, like,
0: he's not that hundreds of times yeah ever. right and that, that's why that's this insane. career is is insane right that's uh what's yeah. I yeah. like well, I, i've said this insane. before i'm Hey, um, yeah. One sec, Tony. One, one sec, one sec, one sec. Yep. Let me just get this uh, idea out. I, I, I've has driven me nuts for years that it's and, – and most comics will tell you this. Even most actors, if they're being honest, will tell you this. This is not a meritocracy. This is not like a you have this level of talent. You deserve this. It, that's not what it is. And you're right. Tom Segura is great. I'm not – this is not in yeah. any way no. talking about Tom Segura. But this is just talking about there are – like one of the reasons why I was comfortable finally just saying like, this is not for me. I know this can't be my life is because I, you either have to be next level talented or a next level hustler or just have next level luck. One of those things has to happen yeah. because the, there is this many
1: comics
0: making this much of the money and everybody else is just fucking begging for it. Sorry, Tony.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say it really parallels sport in the fact that like, if you're just under the pros, you're not living off any money at all. You're yeah. in a second-hand 2001 Hyundai and yet the guy that's 53rd on the team just scraped it in, he's on a minimum million dollars. And it's not to say that you and he are even worse than one another. You're probably comparable. It's yeah. It really isn't a meritocracy and that it's one of the few um, areas in life where that actually stands out. Cause if you're in the corporate world and you're 5% 5% better than your coworker, um, there's not going to be a huge pay gap. There's not going to yeah. be any difference in pay gap
2: really. So. But yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, and to go back to like relationships and it's, this is like a dumb thing I'm about to tell you guys, but I love Kanye and I know Kanye <laughs> doesn't, uh Kanye doesn't like, doing pictures and shit and he, some i read one time he likes quotes and this is like a quote if i was like a rapper if i ever i don't even know made it famous but i was like uh i was like and this applies to like some of my friends i'm like most girls left me because i didn't have security and now i can't go outside without security and that's like what it feels like like you know and that's the hard part is like tom i mean tom told me when he's on tour he has like Fucking murder Navy. He has a Navy SEAL in front of his house every single night. I go, You do? He goes, Yeah, man. I'm on the road a lot. I got two kids. I was like, Oh, yeah, I guess you're that fucking kind of famous. And I'm like, And I'm, I'm fucking. It's just a, the, 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 the gap is just so. That's the hardest part is just like. People always say you have to have a shitty childhood to be a comedian, which I don't agree with. But I think Without help, having a. I mean, help brand. Me, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but having, but the reason I say, it, I think that is true, not true, but it's a big factor is because you have to, you have to learn to deal with adversity and the ups and downs. If you have, there's so many ups and downs of this of like, I mean, just like I said, I came home that next day and I was just like, oh man, it's just like crashing to another. Cause I didn't have another weekend to look like, you know, it's just, and that's what I think having like kind of a shitty childhood just makes it easier to be a comedian because you're just you, you. if you if you had everything go good for you, this shit never goes good. I mean, at any point, Tom could have, you know, Tom was great to me, but he had he doesn't have that kind of loyalty to me where I could have also just been so happy or, or he could have just fucking got COVID or just decided he didn't want to fuck, eat, eat anything. And then I don't have that week. I don't have that money. It's just the shit like that. You just get blindsided so many fucking times. Just You, you just never, you, you get your guard up, but man, it, it just never fucking stops, it feels like. and then But then you only keep going because then you see these guys, you're like, these are, I mean, we opened, I mean, Tom came and sat in our studio, <laughs> and now well, Tom I mean, just it, built a $10 million studio.
0: I used to think about, you know, the the, just the people that that we got, you know, because there was a a point, uh, you know, at the club that that we that we historically worked here in town where they were, uh, you know, they were pretty much they were pulling in really solid L.A. headliners, but they did not have a lot of money to pay the other spots. So we the local guys were getting I'm I'm doing this nicely. Um, The uh, the local guys like us. That, that you know could could kind of hold an audience. We were getting a ton of work. So like I'm sitting yeah. here thinking, you know, I look at uh, who's got the the fucking Netflix specials, Amazon specials. I'm like, okay, we open for Tom, Christina, Bert, Sebastian. Fucking, Bass, I open yeah. for uh, Aziz. I open for Aziz. Yeah, like it, like it's just fucking crazy. Like the the names that that you know we just before they popped. Sebastian, I you know I opened for a, for a week. I opened for Sebastian. Now the dude is at the Coliseum where yeah. Seinfeld also sells out. He just had a movie. Same with Bert. Uh, like so, it's just you know Bert's the biggest comic in the country right now. And no. and you know yeah, I, I I remember I had never I never knew that he performed with his shirt off until he I introduced him. He walked out. And I'm like, what is this guy out of his fucking Man. mind? Now it's the oh yeah, that, that was like the <laughs> start. That was like
2: the start of the shirt coming off because I remember sitting in the green room talking to him. He was going to do Letterman and he was like, do I take my shirt off? And I was like, yeah, you, it, it's <laughs> of just course. a legendary and yeah. I, he didn't do it, but he should have. But I think that was, I mean, obviously, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I, I don't know where I'm going to say it. Cause I think this clip would go viral as shit, but I, <laughs> I stumped Tom, uh, we we're sitting at dinner. I go, what happens first? Does he, does he stop taking his shirt off or does he stop doing the machine story? And we sat and talked about it for like a half an hour. And I don't know if there, because that, that initial pop, he was like, and I've seen it, when he comes out and he takes his shirt off, that pop is so strong mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so addicting. I don't know. It just, because he comes out and gets an ovation that's loud. But then when that shirt comes off, it's a different, it's like a noise I've yeah. never heard in comedy. But mm-hmm. then also, and t- and Bert's talked about it. Like if I was Bert, I mean, I don't, but I would, I can't give Bert advice. <laughs> Bert's doing good, but he's he fine. I would have scrapped the story once the movie came out. I'd have just said I agree that, with but, you. But then he's like, you know, some people, I know comedy fans, and some are like, they go only to see him tell that story. And I know other fans that go, the second he starts that story, we're out. We just beat the crowd and we're leaving because we've heard it so many times.
0: One one of the things, you know, we, we actually talked about this, Tony, I think a, a few weeks ago, right, about how every few years there is just one comic that is far and above – everybody else as far as popularity and and it's rarely the funniest comic right they just happen yep. to like tap into something so we're talking about you know going back so we're talking about dane and dice. uh larry the cable guy and yeah dice if you want to go even further back uh you know C- kevin hart you know all, all of these people yeah, and, the, uh, and, yeah exactly and so, and so you, you know, there are these people that are just at the top of the charts and they're never necessarily the funniest people, but they always, they got something, they tap into something and it, and it blows them up huge. And the one thing that I respect about Bert, who I think is currently that person, is he knows, and it's probably because he had to wait a while, like the dude's 50, yeah. like it, it, it had, he he gr- had to grind it out until he finally popped to this level. Uh, he is so aware that not only could this go away it will go away uh, at some point point. and he is like i am going to just pump as much as i can into it and that's why this dude if you follow him on instagram or anything he he doesn't stop he is constantly yeah. on tour he's uh, like he he's he's going to run himself into the ground but he knows when it's gone it's probably just gone forever uh, and he's back to small theaters or you know you know clubs
2: maybe yeah well he, yeah it's uh he's he's gotten so famous He's got to that point where the backlash is there. And I asked mm-hmm. Tom about that too. I was like, hey, Bert's not, you guys don't let Bert like read comments and shit. Cause it's <laughs> kind of gotten to the point where he's gotten so famous, just like with Dane and Kev and everybody said. At some point, the, the fans are like, fuck, I'm tired of seeing this dude on everything. But I get it. I, I would do the same thing as Bert mm-hmm. because again, I have to go make $50 tonight with a $27 bar tab and. Then I got to make this decision. Do I want to walk home and make $23 on the night? Or do I want to Uber and make $11 for the night? You know, it's like, so if I could write, if I can get checks, I would, I mean, I would do the exact same thing Bert's doing, man. He's,
0: he's also very, he's also great to other comics. I want to, I want to also mention that he's one of the nicest people I've ever met and he's really good to other comics. And that's how Tom
2: was. And which is good because the New York guys are way better at that part of the problem Mm -hmm. I had with the LA guys. So like, again, I work at Comedy Works, which is like the best comedy club in the world. But she, we just don't get paid. We we get paid like fifty or sixty dollars to feature, which is like very cheap compared to every other club in the country. Like when I told Tom that, he's like, "What the fuck?" But a lot of these big comics come through, and then they'll just hook us up with you know, like a gave me money, Tim Dillon gave me money, uh, Big Jay Okerson gave me money. But then, and again, that's why I love. I don't do any of this for the money, but I get to work with all my heroes. But I mean, the money would be, here's a perfect story, and I probably shouldn't tell this, but whatever. But there was a time when Tom was doing the Belco, which is a 5,000-seat theater next to, next to Comedy Works, two shows in one night, and uh, I know his check was $250,000 for the night to do two sold-out shows. Pretty Nate Brigazzi cool. was at the Paramount, like three blocks away. He did two sold-out shows, and I think his check was like 80000 I was opening for Mark Normand. I'm doing 25, Mark's doing 45. Mark sells out all five shows. I think his check was $20,000. I did the same five shows as Mark. My check was $250. Right. So in that for four blocks rate and this is like this is a four block radius. All three shows were going on. All three shows sold out. Everybody in the world made money that weekend except for me. Except for you. That's for so me. shitty. Yeah. I mean, You're the thing exactly right. made money. The servers yeah. made money. The bar, everyone merch. Everyone made money except for me. Which, and I, I, mean, I, I, I get how it all works. I, 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 my least favorite word in the world is uh, fair. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that'll be the f word with my kids. You could say fuck, <laughs> but don't don't say fair because <laughs> it'll fair, never right. be fair. So I get it, but I mean, that just creates the other f word of frustration. You're just like, God damn it, man. If I got twenty thousand dollars
0: for a five-day weekend, I don't know what I. I can't imagine just being norm that, in that. It changes your life, right? Yeah. like that. Just that check, you know, like changes yeah. the, the the rest of your year. Like you, you know, know, I, have I mean, have to like, worry about a phone bill, or I mean, I just have to yeah. worry. It's so
2: sad. Like, you know, twenty thousand dollars is like, like. Here's a crazy story. I'm. I i do not know if you guys. You guys probably saw this, but during the pandemic, I won seventy-five thousand dollars one day on DraftKings. I do remember that. Which very was much. like lot to talk to you about. I, I would tell, oh, sorry. I would tell people, no, you you're good. Tell it now. I'm rich. And they're like, <laughs> I go, I'm, I'm rich. Like, I was, I woke up, I was like, and I should have won 109,000 fucking Luka Doncic. I needed one more assist, but that's another story. But I, <laughs> I was like, I woke up the next morning feeling something so different than I've ever felt. Like, I would just look at my, and it's not that much money. And then, it, it, but it was like, oh my God, I don't have to worry ever again in my life. Right. Which then, of course, <laughs> turns I took out not that the case. Money. <laughs> I took that money. Right back to DraftKings. <laughs> yeah. And I bought DraftKings stock with it, thinking that it was going to go up. And then the DraftKings, which I still don't understand how. I was like, for once in my life, try to do something good. I don't only know about gambling. I did my research. I'm like, DraftKings is crushing it, but there's still the four biggest states is still not legal. So if I buy DraftKings stock now, when it goes to the big, how is it not going to go up? And everyone in my life's like, yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. And then of course I, I had like a thousand shares at like fifty-eight dollars, and then um fiance left and I needed money. I had sold those thousand shares at like eighteen dollars a share. So I lost about forty. Well, I, overall I lost about forty-five thousand trying to be fucking a stock market goddamn whatever that stupid app <laughs> on my motherfucking phone was. But yeah, but just anyway I was like for that month I was like it just was such a different feeling though of like I would just go to a restaurant, and just order whatever I wanted, which as a comedian, you know you you know, you just usually eat the bullshit at the club. Yeah. yeah.
0: Let me, but I mean, could you see one of the interesting things about this relaunch is I've been catching up with a lot of the old listeners and a lot of the old people that, you know, would would kind of be characters on the show and stuff like that. And it's very interesting to see where lives have gone. Um, And uh, there's been a, a pretty decent sex segment, Tony, that have basically said, you know what, I'm just living the life I want to live. You know, I either I never got married or I got a divorce and fuck it. Like, I'm not willing to change my life anybody like this is just who i am now so i gotta ask you my friend like if you felt you had the right woman i know you say you want the you know you want the kids you want the could you change your life the comedy the Um, hours the drinking the gambling all of it it would just be the kid if
2: i had a kid i would change everything you know i would um i don't live a lifestyle for a father right now you know like i would if i had a kid if i got a girl pregnant i would change my whole life just because I've always wanted to be a dad. I don't ever want to quit comedy, but I would if I had to, just because my dad was so bad. And I even looked into like getting like a foster kid. They, they were trying to give me a foster kid, but then uh, Who was doing I that? was like, I know, which is crazy, right? Uh, but then they were like, we have like this 11 year old black kid. He like lacks confidence. You And I was like, I was like hearing him out. Interesting. And then they're like, and then you get like $800 a month. I was like, uh-oh. And I was never doing it for the money, but I go, now you're just going to put two people in a bad situation. Like, <laughs> I don't have kids, but $800 for an 11 year old. I was like, you got to buy him shoes. If we want to get his confidence up, I, I got to. I was like, that's what you give people to an 11 year old. That's I mean, he's got to have a phone. He's got to eat. Like, I was like, I, I, I was like, oh, this is, I can't. You I mean, they should like never give script. me a kid anyway, but.
1: This is a sitcom really, doing did mind. I mean, No, you, I would uh,
2: change yeah. I could definitely change uh you know, when I was with my ex, it, it changed a lot because uh I just enjoyed being around her and I don't go out, you know. I loved being in love. I like being in love. chasing pussy gets so old and like I talk about it she a little won't. on stage. Take your like, word for it. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta fucking <laughs> pander to these chicks and pretend like I give a fuck what they're saying. It's so boring. When I had a fiance, I could just be like a girl would say something stupid. I'd be like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and they'd be like, try to explain. Them. So I just say, "Get, don't even talk to me. I don't have to listen to this anymore. I have a fiance at home. I right. do not have to fucking. So that's the only thing. Here's where I'm struggling now is, um, I just have a schedule. My life is so bad for relationship because I work at night and part of my work is being out networking which just looks like me drinking at a bar, but that's when shit happens, you know? So a I, girl, a, and I was lucky my ex understood that. Like, I get, I book shows after a show at a bar at 1230. Somebody, oh, I, I do the show, I open, I, you know, I, hanging out with Tom or hanging out with those comics, that's how you, but, but if you don't understand the business, it just looks like, damn, this fucking drunk is just out getting wasted, walking home every night at two in the morning. Which is what I do now, but no one's here when I get home,
0: so I don't right. have to, no one cares, you know? You know, whatever I, I bring home. I, I've, I've always said that about you. Like, the thing that you have that I certainly don't have uh, is, and and I think is one of the reasons you've been able to even last, you know, last this long and, and have the, the, the networking ability that you have and the friends that you have and the people that have helped you out along the way is you have this fucking ability. Like, you are the most... Chill, hang of all time. You're fun. You've got great stories, but you also know, hey, if I need to pull back, I can just be in the background. Like you have that feel. Comics. You know, one of the reasons I didn't think I could ever be a comic was I was so like socially weird and you know uh, anxious, and I didn't. I didn't know until I started working at a comedy club. I'm like, oh, this fucking business is full of fucking weirdos like me. But you are different, and I think that because of that, you have been able to adapt and survive in this career where it's really fucking hard to survive because you can, you can be whatever you need to be. You need me to be the life of this party. I can absolutely do that. You just need me to be the chill guy hanging out over here. I can do that. Whatever you yeah. need, you're adaptable. And it's, and it's uh it is a, a, a gift for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I've I told people
2: before I, I can crush a green room, which is something <laughs> most comics can't, That's but, true. Part of it, but again, part of it's just, just what you said, knowing, you know, like I always I, I say famous people are like hot chicks, like you they wanna talk about themselves. You need to ask yeah. them, you know. Like I see so many people try to sell them on why the famous person should like them, but they don't you know, when you're famous, you don't wanna hear someone's boring story. Like the I mean, eventually you become friends and you'll and oh and some celebrities are great and or like famous comedians, they'll actually ask about you, then you open up. But I see so many people try to like, I gotta convince this guy why he should be Work with me because I'm real, and the people just zone out. They're like, I don't, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> right. It's a, it is a strategy of just like chill, but then I also like instantly like name drop somebody just so they know I'm not just a local loser. I'd be like, you right. know, I was, I was, me and Tom were in Aspen the other day. <laughs> right. I, I can just, I just drop that immediately and then they go, oh, okay. Because sometimes they want to come in and like just, if we don't know each other already. So there's just little shit like that, little tricks of like, and then they go, oh, if you open for Tom Segura, then we, we're good. No, you know, then just little shit like that. And then, and then, then uh, it's like kind of a level play, not level, but they're not looking down on me like I'm just some fucking low life comic. When I'm like some, it's rare though. I always say this because they always say you never want to meet your heroes, but all the biggest comics have been great. People people like who sucks. I go, I could tell you, but you'd never heard of them. They're just fucking losers, <laughs> right,
0: you know? right. Uh, you, you actually used to do one of my favorite things that you would ever do is, as comics, every comic who ever knows this, who's ever done, done stand-up knows this. Like You will always get somebody that comes up to you after a show and talks about how like they're the funniest guy at their job, and they've always thought uh. about doing comedy, and it's the most insulting thing ever. You're like, you have no idea how hard it is to just do the thing I just did. But, oh, you're funny at work, so you think you can do it. And most comics will just be like, oh, yeah, okay. But you you used to go so over the top. You're like you should absolutely do. I mean, it. Come on, like I'm come on. I'm yeah. Like you do it. You're like I know a mic. I know a <laughs> mic tonight. You, let's maybe we need to go tonight to go do this mic together. It was it's did so it. fucking great. Did it the other
2: day with my friend. Uh, there's a shitty mic here. It's tonight. It's on Monday night mic. It starts eleven o'clock on like the worst street in on Colfax, which is the worst street in all of Denver. It just sucks. Just a shithole. And I had a tall, like good looking friend that's like good at everything and yeah. he was oh, just running his mouth at the bar like, Oh man, I I got this. I go, Well we can go right now. I'm going. We can go right now. He's like, You think you can get me up? I was like, I can get you up whenever I want. Yeah. And then we get there and then he's looking through his he's writing down he's written down stuff on his phone. He goes, How much time do I get? I was like, You get like three or four. He goes, Oh, that's it? I go, How much time do you have? Wants to do he's an like, hour fifteen, got, yeah. He's like, I got like twenty minutes easy. <laughs> I go, okay. I said, I said, I bet you if you get rolling, they won't pull you off. They'll let you roll, you know? And uh, so he goes up. I, I tell the host, hey, man, it's is my guy. Let him jump the line. Like, put him up. Let's see what he's got. And, and he's like, all right. So my boy comes up. And you know he's got that first joke he thinks is, like, the banger. He does that first joke just silent. And he looks at me. I could just feel it in him. And he does. So he's like. But he still has a little competitive juice in him. So he does that second joke, nothing. Mm-hmm. About a minute 20, he taps out. And <laughs> yep. I'm, the only, I'm laughing so hard. He, you know, he's walking over. I'm like, you got 20 minutes. Where are you going? And then he was like, <laughs> and I filmed it too. Sending out to everybody we knew. He was like, my, but he was at least humble. He's like, my bad, man. I, I just, I don't know. You know, you make it look so easy. And, and that's the thing I've learned over time. Like, I, I used to be, think it was so dis- disrespectful. But it's, uh, I mean, I guess it just makes it look easy. It should We should take it as a compliment. But I mean, I'm not dealing with the same thing in fucking pickleball. I'm a pickleball nerd. I, I play every single day. And every yeah. dude I run into is like, I could probably beat you. I go, why the fuck do you think you could beat me? You've never played. You played yeah. in high school. So I play every day, two, three hours a day. I told my yeah. boy yesterday, I go, he's an, he's an accountant. I go, I, I could probably be a better accountant than you. In like a year, right? He's like, no, I, I, you've never, you don't know how to do a count. I was like, it's the same as pickleball, you dumb fuck. You don't, you don't know, you never even, you don't even know what to do. You don't know the rules. Why do you think you could just come beat me? I'm like Chavez, Chavez from LA Comedy Club. He says it all the time. he used to play tennis. I go, I, I don't care. You, it's you a different game. Really, yeah, yeah. You don't, but you, you don't but I think my tennis. whole life doing you, something. You're dinking yeah. pickleball. I'm, yeah, I'm working on something every day, and why would you think you
0: could just come do better than me the first time? I go, that's so stupid. Uh, you know the one thing I've always said about comedy, as opposed to every other like live art form, is everyone has everyone has been funny at some moment or another. You've told a joke and your friends laughed, or you have a like you have one killer fucking story, and everybody you tell it everywhere you go. And, that's not the same. Like, I've never – I can't sing. I can't sing a song. I, there is no world where I can sing a song and be like, oh, I could do this because I just can't do it. And I think most, most people are like that. But everyone has made another person laugh at one time, and they think that that's what the job is, and it's not. Uh, well, but well, I- one, real quick one thing, though, before we – just to talk about that,
2: it's like that's the craziest thing about stand-up. Any other thing – like if you, even if you went to karaoke and you were shitty like three times – they would say, "Hey man, you can't come anymore." Stand up comedy. If you can <laughs> just write pitch. your, if you can print your name on a list, you they'll let you do it. And then these people are so like uh, they're so arrogant about it. Like I wrote my name on the list. When am I going up? You know, they all. I'm like, you you suck, you suck. And I tell people they should just quit. Yep. No one, you're not supposed to tell no, people that. But no one that. does that. <laughs> No one ever quits. You, you die. But like, even you said, you like, I still do it. But sometimes. I still do it. I know. I, like, I get it. I know. No I know. One, no one quits. When, but when people post on Facebook, all right, someone posted today, I'm quitting comedy. And and then I was like, I liked it. And then I immediately, and everyone in the comments was like, oh, you're funny. I was like, that's the best decision you ever made. <laughs>
0: Congratulations. You,
2: you, you should have quit it. yesterday, not
0: today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you. when you... You get no internal feedback attention. with uh, comedy. So when you sing, if you put yourself on a tape recorder and actually listen to that shit back, you know you're out of care and you can't sing for shit, even if you're delusional in your brain. If you write a bit, until you get up on that stage, you'll get no external feedback or yeah. no internal feedback to know if it's bad. Every, every motherfucker will clap at, uh, at
0: somebody singing, no matter how shitty they are. When that song is over, you know how to clap. If you're a comic and you tell a shitty joke. Guess what? Nobody claps for you. They don't care. Oh, it's over. Let's be polite. No, you just eat shit. Uh, so let me ask you this, though, Brent. So, you know, growing up, obviously, as, as comics, you look at other, you know, you look at, uh, you, you're watching on TV, and you're like, God, the, I, I feel like I'm funnier than that guy. Why does that guy have the spot, and I don't? Do you do that now that Pickleball is kind of blown up, and it's on ESPN and ESPN2? Do you watch the Pickleball uh, people and be like, fuck, dude, like, I could, I could mix it up. I could be in it.
2: No, I, I watch them and be like, they're too good. I am I, the opposite. I like some people are so respectful of like comedy. They come to me and go, dude, I'm I am funny at work, but I really respect what you could do. I could never do that. And uh, no, I see. Like they they're just too good. I I like it's probably well, I don't. It's probably like anything, but like I've gotten to about the best I can get uh, at pickleball, and I'm also I win a lot more on strategy, and I. I I spend more time. This is such generic, boring stuff, but I like think the game. But I'm also just to a point where I can't get much better, and I just get older every day. Where like pickleball, if you you need to come from a tennis background, so like tennis players will come play pickleball. I'll beat the shit out of them for the first two weeks because they don't really they still have a tennis strategy, and I talk a lot of shit. And, the, <laughs> and that world's very uh, and you know you're good is, at like, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a very proper world. So right. they don't have, but I talk a lot of shit especially when I'm beating, like, arrogant tennis players, and then after about a month, they'll come back, and you could tell they've been laying in bed at night being like, I'm going to fucking get that comedian, and then they kick the shit out of me. <laughs> <Right. But laughs> it's funny. It's a different <laughs> level, and then I, but then I'm I'm cool about it, but that's another thing, like, they take it too serious, like, it's fucking stupid how, they, they want it to be like golf. Like, I talk during the whole time, and then uh, some people get, they won't play with me. They're like, well, he talks during the points, it's distracting. I'm like... Bro, we're at MLK. We play at MLK
0: Park. This is the hood. This is trash talking. Yeah, you talk ball, trash. This is fucking but, golf. Do you? I mean, you. You. I. I think it's probably not uh, out of line for me to say that you probably have sort of uh, an addictive personality. In that, when you find a thing that that touches you in a certain way, whether it's comedy. Pickleball, maybe it's booze, maybe it's women, whatever it is. Like something hits yeah. you, like that's it. You are all in, and that is like you need to be the best you can possibly be at it. And everything else is like whatever, fuck, fuck yeah. everything else. Yeah. When I'm good at something, I don't do stuff if I'm not good at it.
2: And like yeah. I'm, I'm weirdly good at drinking. I'm a fun drunk. I'm <laughs> you are happy. Good. You're great at it. Yeah. I'm really good at drinking. I gotten good at pickleball, gambling. I learned. I just like the. Gamesmanship. I don't gamble hardly anymore now, just because I can't. I, it's just, and I, I, for me to gamble, I have to risk everything. Kind of. I just don't. <laughs> After gambling so high, like I'll make like There's no a $10 fifty dollar bet for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like when I go to Vegas, I barely ever gamble because I don't. You know, I still play poker. Of course, like I played poker in Laughlin, got kicked out of the fucking casino <laughs> the second night, so I couldn't play
0: poker anymore. Well don't just say the hash? guys get kicked out; they have to now.
2: oh <laughs> uh, these motherfuckers, man! I was. It was like four in the morning. There was like maybe five dudes playing in this game, and and it's it's keeping the table open for this dealer to make money. And and there was a weird dude at the table sitting across. He went to the bathroom, and then I said to uh, just said quietly to the guy next to me, "I go that guy's fucking weirdo, right?" And then the <laughs> dealer just turns to me. I'm sitting in the one seat. Dealer turns to me, and goes, "Hey man, that's your first warning." I go, what are you talking about? Oh, no. He's like, you, you, that's your first warning. And right then another dude was sitting down with a bunch of chips and he sees what's going. He's like, what are you? I'm leaving if you're doing that. And then, of course, I can't. I go, what are you talking about? We're keeping this game open just to make you fucking money. Because I tip good. I go, you were having a fucking, now I just, F-words just come. And I go, this is right. <laughs> <having fun. laughs> we're, and everybody at the table is like, I go, you're going to break up this table and then you don't get money. If you just want to go home, fucking just go home. And he's like, that's it, because then I'm saying it now. He's like, get the floor. I said, get the fucking floor. Go get them. I don't give a fuck, because my my face was on, they had magazines in every casino, and my face, I was on the cover of every magazine. Right. I was like, you, and then I said, uh, I forget why that came up, but I was like, you said something. I was like, they're like, who, who are you? I was like, I'm the guy in the fucking, or, so anyway, they're like, you got to fucking, you got to go. I said, oh, fuck, you, and you know, and then I lose it, right? So then I go over to the cage. And the cage is like, uh, there's one person in front of me cashing their chips. And they're like in the poker room cage, you know, like a little booth. They're like, we're, we're closing this. Go to the main cage. I go, I'm not fucking going anywhere. I got my chips here. I'm getting my money right here. They go, No, you're not. I go, I'm not fucking going nowhere. They go, We'll go get, I get where the fuck you want. I said, And now the other table's watching. I said, I got, I bought my chips here. I'm cashing my chips here. And they're so then the so then the security guard and the guys they're trying to say no and I'm like I'm not going so then they go they have to cash out my chips and as they're counting out my chips like I told what I tell you I'm cashing out here you dumb motherfuckers <laughs> oh, And then Jesus. they fucking so then I'm making a goddamn scene because luckily it's not the hotel I'm staying in it's the one next door right, <laughs> right yeah fuck them you know, yeah so then uh, and it's like 4:30 I'm drunk so then I'm like oh, man I'm out. So then, they, you know, they have to make a big production, and, like, four of them walk me out. And, just, and in my head, I'm like, God damn it, Brant. Because then when it's over, I was like, I can't. Because I got in trouble last December. I got arrested in the casino at the South Point. And one of the most embarrassing – so I'm currently on – pro. I, to- I was just saying what a good drunk I am. <laughs> I'm a yeah, great no, drunk. You need to tell this story because I've been to this Point a million times
0: and I've seen some fucked up people. Wow. How did you do this? Go as
2: ahead. As long as it- I'm, I'm currently on uh, a year probation from Red Bull Vodka, I won't drink it. I can't do it. So <laughs> I like yeah, okay. I thought it. Yeah. on real probation. <laughs> this is it the also worst be. Fucking, yeah. Go. This is the worst embarrassing story. So, my friends are. My favorite band is this band is a guy named Chancey Williams. It's a country band. And they're my favorite band, and they're from Wyoming, and I'm very good friends with them. And um, So they have two tour buses, and I've always wanted to ride on a tour bus. So I was doing shows in Vegas, and they were doing South Point. So they pick me up in Denver on the tour bus, go out of their way. I get to ride the tour bus down, sleep in it. So fucking cool, right? They're so good to me. We get to the South Point. So they're playing at the South Point that night. So No, they're, they're playing at South Point that week. There's no shows for like two nights, right? So we just came in early, and then... So we're, so we're there and everybody knows them. So they give them a big ass suite. So the band has like 10 rooms, but the lead singer dates the fiddle player. So they have a huge suite with like two inter- with two different bedrooms. So they give me one of the suite rooms and then they take the other suite room, but there's a connected door. Right. So we, we start drinking. Everybody's so happy to see Chancey. He's just like a great dude. So then the head of the South points drinking with us, all the big wigs, all the rodeo people, So we're drinking, having a blast. Everything's comped. The owner's buying everything. So then Chancey's like, I'm going to bed at like 3.30. I should have just went to bed, but I'm running hot. I've got Red Bull vodkas in me. So I said, I'm going to the poker table. I I decided to go to play poker, right? So I sit down at poker, and the same shit happens. At some point, I I, I curse at the table, and the dealer's like, it's a big deal. Because I always do this analogy that's pretty much foolproof. I go... You ever go out to dinner and they'll go, yeah. I go, you have a wife or a boyfriend or whatever. They'll go, yeah. I go, you ever go to dinner? They're like, yeah. You imagine you just order, you talk to your wife, and then the waiter brings the fucking food. You could never say, hey, sorry, if you keep talking like this to your wife, I'm not going to serve you food. You're just a waiter. I go, this is why I was getting trouble. I go, <laughs> I go, you're a dealer, fucking dealer. Oh, you're not no. a listener. <laughs> you're not a don't fucking. You're not a just. Dis- <laughs> Deal. Just fucking deal. Do you deal. know like, that other people,
0: like, you know that other people don't do this, though, right? Like, you have no one, to know that. <laughs> no,
2: but but they know I'm right
0: because I'm like, why would you
2: break up this game? <laughs> and I say, it's four in the morning. Like, I didn't curse. I didn't yell fuck. I said something to someone, but it wasn't even the dealer's conversation. Like, why? I say, why are you even listen to what I'm saying to this person? Just fucking deal the cards, right? So then, uh, so then some fucking floor guy comes over. I think I was talking shit to a chick dealer, too. So then, everybody, you know, there's like, at that point, it's like, 35 dudes in there and one average chick. They're all trying to fuck. and So then the floor guy comes over, tries to be a tough guy. And he's he's like, leave. I was like, I'll leave. Cash me out, do, you know. And then he bumps up against me with his chest. And then I, with my hand, Uh-oh. I kind of, like, push him off. But I graze, like, his chin with my fingers. But still not hard, right? So they're like, you're out of here. So then these security guards walk me all the way back to the suite. So then I get to the suite. I'm in bed. And then... Uh, There's a knock on the door. I'm drunk as fuck. I pass out. So the band, the girl in the band goes and gets it. And they're looking for, like, Brian. And she's like, there's no Brian here. So then they leave. (laughs) They look at the cameras. Then they come back. They go looking for Brant. So then they wake me up. I'm in my boxers. I'm in bed. They're like, come on. Come down here. I go, for what? They're like, the police are. I go, no, I'm going to sleep. Leave me alone, right? They're like, come on. So I fucking put my flip flops on and just flop all the way through the South Point down to casino jail. So then, when I get to Casino Jail, not the first time you've been to Casino Jail, as we all know. (laughs) So we get there, and then there's like, there's like some cops in like street clothes working on like a fraud case or something over to the left, and then there's two metros there, and I don't fuck with metro, right? So I get there, and the metro's like, "What's up?" And they go, "What happened?" They go, "This guy, you, he said you hit him. He wants to press charges." I go, "Hit? I didn't hit him. And he he made contact with me first. I want to press charge against him, and then." So then the security guards, I was like, what are we doing? I go, these guys are Metro. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. You don't think they have better shit to do than be down here? I'm like, what neighborhood do you live in? I go, you don't think they could be doing thi-? And I think Metro like that because I was like, these guys are real fucking police officers. You're just giving a bunch of paperwork. So I'm talking like mad shit to them, right, <laughs> to the security guards. Cops aren't really standing. They're just writing, but I'm kind of just hyping the cops up. So then out of nowhere, the, one of these – other cops in street clothes over there. He's like, "Hey man, why don't you just be quiet?" And I was like, "Hey man, why don't you shut the fuck up?" They won't even let you. <laughs> Jesus they won't right. even let you uh, wear a uniform. You fucking fraud nerd. You, you're not even a real cop. You fucking nerd. And the uh, the cops start giggling a little bit. And then they're like, "All right, get him out of here." So they fucking they take me out, right? So they say, "Get him out of this room." So they God. take me out of this room. So I can't talk shit to the other cops. So then I'm standing out in this other room. Then the cop comes over. And he writes me a ticket, right? And I fucking... So I sign the ticket, and he rips it off, and he hands it to me. And right when he hands it to me, I fucking ball it up. I just throw it right in the security guard's chest. I was like, you throw this away. Just a big fucking waste of time. they are like, that's it. Get him out of here. He's fucking out of here, right? So then I think I'm going to have to go sleep on the bus. So then I go. But the security <laughs> guards, they just walk me back to the to the suite. So now it's like 5.15. I go to bed, right? I wake up. The next day, a lead singer calls me. It's like 10. He's like, Hey, man, the band, we're all going to breakfast. You want to go to breakfast? Like, ah, you know what? I had a long night. I, uh, and, and that was another thing. When I was down in casino jail, they're like, you're drunk. I was like, "How do you think I got drunk?" The fucking owner of the South Point was buying me drinks all night. I'm with the band. I should have never said I was with the band. You know, it was a <laughs> <sure. Yeah. laughs> So then I, I, tell the, I tell the lead singer, "Hey, just a heads up. Like, I got arrested last night. No big deal. I'm gonna go to sleep for a while." He's like, "Whatever." So then I wake and I go to lunch. Then he calls me at like three. He's like, "Hey, just a heads up. Like, uh, you're, you're 86 from. You, you're not." kicked out of South Point forever, but you got to leave the hotel. They want you to leave. And I was, I was dating a girl at the time that lived in Vegas, and I just was going to spend the night with her anyway, and then I had a week of shows at the MGM. So I leave, and then – so then Chancey was playing – he was doing a little thing at the MGM that night, and I bring this girl I'm dating, and her she has a twin sister. So I've been hyping it up all, the whole time. I'm like, my boy's band, they're at the South Point. We'll be backstage, drinks, everything. It'll be Rockstar Life, tour buses. So then we go see him at the MGM and we're sitting outside Brad Garrett's club. And this girl I've been like dating and telling about this. She says to the guitar player, she's like, Oh, I'm so excited to see you tonight. And, and he was like, I could hear him out of the corner of my ear. He's like, Oh no, you, you won't be seeing me tonight. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> so, then he, so then the lead singer's like, Hey, you're, um, point forever like you can never go to south point again and i was like <laughs> oh. i was like and i deserved it i was like i know my bad i was so embarrassed and then i yeah. the only reason i booked the week was to go watch and play every night and then of course the the owner of the south point or whatever his girlfriend is like the lounge singer at brad garrett so then brad finds out and then i'm embarrassed in front of brad and then so i couldn't go and then the other part was my lawyer is like 30 years old in Vegas. He's my best friend's little brother. He just graduated from DU, but he's my lawyer. He handles all this shit. So I call him. I go, hey Scotty, um, I need you to take care of something. I got arrested last night. He's like, what? When's the court date? What did you do? I was like, uh, I don't know. We don't. You're gonna have to figure all that out because I threw the ticket at him, and they like, I don't even know what I'm arrested oh, for, <laughs> but I have a ticket. And then um, he's like, Brant you're 45 years, or I was 44, and he's like, you're 44 years old, and he's like 29, <laughs> lecturing me. I was, he's like, Brent, as your lawyer, like you can't fucking do shit. I was like, I know, Scotty, I'm so embarrassed. So then, uh, yeah, so then, um, but then, of course, but here's a problem. Shit just went away. Then they found out who I was, and not that I'm anybody that important, but then they're like, it all disappeared, and they just said, hey, you can't come back to South Point for the rest. Of- I I not go to South Point again, but uh, and then it got thrown out of court, and it all just disappeared. But So that's the thing. I never really have to take – I mean, I have had to take the repercussions before. but So, yeah, that was um, – so, yeah. And then I was so embarrassed I didn't, didn't go see my favorite band for, like, five months just because I was so embarrassed of what I did. So I'm trying to do better. You can't do shit like this when you have a kid and, like, you know <laughs> –
0: Brand I love you so much you're the best <laughs> dude you're are the, the best guest of all time there has never been a podcast guest uh, better than yeah, Brand yeah. Tobler you're you're the best dude listen I have like 10 other things I wanted to fucking talk to you about will you please can can we can we get you back on here in a, in a couple oh, weeks I'll, I'll hit you up Anytime,
2: man. yeah yes, no. sorry I just this questions I just start rambling no them. this is exactly
0: what it, believe me um, this is exactly what I wanted you're I know, you're just your
1: guest book for next week can we bump them like permanently yes. uh, no. Well, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll hit – listen, I'll hit Brant up. We, we yeah, He's coming back because I have shit that I haven't, like, written down next to me that we haven't oh, yeah. even touched yet. But I want I you to
2: – well, I I I, I, Real quick, oh. I don't know if this was on there, but I don't know. I'm sure you saw that when I snuck into the Game 5 of the Stanley Cup.
0: Yes, of course. Story, How you yeah. still manage to sneak into yeah. live sporting events is beyond me. You've been I'll doing this shit for like a decade and a half. Save it. You're coming back very soon.
2: Game the, and everyone's like, you can't do it. And when I tell you the story, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. I so? cannot
0: wait. You'll be back on insanely soon. Right, Don't let worry me about anytime, it. boys. Hold on real quick. I, I do want I do want to talk about your brand new podcast cuz it's fucking phenomenal. Talk about it real quick. Let's promote the shit out of it. I want everyone yeah, so that listens to this to listen to
2: it tomorrow. If you're listening, if you could just go to YouTube and subscribe and uh, I'm trying to get my YouTube numbers up to so I can get monetized. So just subscribe, watch it. But the first episode with uh, Ari Shafir, who's a Amazing great comment. podcast guest cuz he was not scared to answer anything. Podcast called Diary of a Piece of Shit. Opening question every episode is who's the biggest piece of shit you know so it just gets rolling <laughs> uh, so that's going and then I'm gonna bring back um, Craigslist Chaos which is uh, everybody's favorite podcast when I just and I just um, we're gonna try to do it live or maybe do it so I'm trying to get monetized to do it on YouTube but um, until I get kicked off YouTube we'll see what happens but you <laughs> <He> can <only> always <laughs> move uh, to Rumble
1: YouTube G.I. Yeah,
2: <laughs> the show is the show is very simple and uh, I just get on uh Craigslist and then I just put call me in the search bar and then anybody who's dumb enough to put their phone number on Craigslist I call them and uh oh, if they're selling something if they're anything oh, it's so, so it's yeah. very fun it's so because good. it's always different and we never know how it's going to go it's it's um I'm obviously plugging my own shit but it's I enjoy it's, it even yeah. because I never know where it's going it, it it just goes off the rail because it's just people from Craigslist in the middle of Kentucky selling lingerie and a tractor, and I just call them up and say, hey, it's Tony. I'm here. I'm out in Vegas. (laughs) What are you doing? You got that tractor for sale? What happened to that tractor? Where's the lingerie? And then I just – they'll just – people – I'm good at getting people to talk, so they'll just Mm – you know, for a while I was like – I was – this is probably the karma I deserve, but I was calling people that were selling engagement rings, and I would just call (laughs) chicks and be like, what happened? Like, like, and then they would just – just be tell a live a guest and tell a story and i was like if it was boring then i can always wrap it up but if it's good i can mine it and pull out the gold so i probably got what i deserved on the the the, the fiance karma for fucking with mormons in utah cuz there's a there's a site in utah where they all put their phone numbers and then uh so i plowed through that for a while but yeah it's fun so yeah just follow me Brent tobler anywhere uh like Brian said, I have a book. I'm very proud of it. It's an, I worked so hard on it. I'm an idiot. I should have never wrote a book, but it's called Free Rolls. If you want to reach out to me, I'll autograph, send it to you, or you can just get it on Amazon or whatever. But, yeah, Free Roll and just follow me on all social, Branttober, B-R-A-N-D-T, T-O-B-L-E-R, and then uh, the podcast will be definitely on YouTube, and then the uh, the audio will be on uh, Spotify and Apple. And I got I got some good guests coming. And, uh, and again, hopefully the Craigslist Chaos will be active like this where people can be in the chat and and i can kind of talk about who we're going to call and we can kind of set up in the chat and say hey this is brian in seattle and where we can we can kind of what i want to do is make it where we can kind of together you know set up the call and see where we can take it so we'll see what happens maybe one day it'll it'll make us rich and uh i'll still come on here all the time but (laughs) I'll i'll take you guys to dinner at Anywhere but the South Point.
1: <laughs> and you've You're also got to get writing on that script for a 45-year-old comic that tries to foster an 11-year-old black kid. That is going to be a great that's sitcom.
0: That, that's okay. some Oscar shit. That touches hearts. Well, that's called uh, different, I- different strokes mark too. Yeah. Uh, Listen, Brant, we love you. uh, I'm gonna. I'll I'll hit you up. Uh, You will. You you will definitely be back uh, the next chance you have. Believe me, we got plenty of time. So the next chance you have, and I'll be
2: there. I'll be in Vegas the 25th through the first.
0: I will see you. I promise. I will make it a point to uh, to get out of my house because I miss you. And uh, and uh, and this has been a lot of fun catching up. Uh, Brant Tobler, anybody? Tony, you don't have anything else you want to say, no. right? We can just end this shit? Yeah, yeah, you're not going to be better than him. No. All right, uh, that's oh, it, everybody. No we'll place. talk to you next week. T- Tony and I will uh, we'll chat with you next week. Uh, Brant, thank you. Everybody else, See. I hope you hit us up on the Discord. Follow Brant on everything. Check out the new podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. I
1: know some people are disappointed Brant didn't do 75 minutes of voice work, but that's coming in a future podcast. Stop. <laughs> you had to get the last word
2: Got it. Uh,